On Love by Percy B. Shelley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. What is love? Ask him who lives. What is life? Ask him who adores. What is God? I know not the internal constitution of other men, nor is on thine whom I know address. I see that in some external attributes they resemble me, but when, misled by that appearance, I have thought to appeal to something in common, and unburthen my inmost soul to them, I have found my language misunderstood, like one in a distant and savage land. The more opportunities they have afforded me for experience, the wider has appeared the interval between us, and to a greater distance have the points of sympathy been withdrawn. If a spirit ill fitted to sustain such proof, trembling and feeble through his tenderness, I have everywhere sought sympathy and have found only repulse and disappointment. Thou demandest what is love. It is a powerful attraction towards all that we conceive, or fear, or hope beyond ourselves, when we find within our own thoughts the chasm of an insufficient void, and seek to awaken in our things that are, a community with what we experience within ourselves. If we reason, we would be understood. If we imagine, we would but the airy children of our brain were born anew within another's. If we feel, we would but another's nerves should vibrate to our own, that the beams of our eyes should kindle at once, and mix and melt it to our own, that lips of motionless eyes should not reply to lips quivering and burning with the heart's best blood. This is love. This is the bond and the sanction which connects not only man with man, but with everything which exists. We are born into the world, and there is something within us which, from the instant that we live, more and more thirsts after its likeness. It is probably in correspondence with this law that the infant drains milk from the bosom of its mother. This propensity develops itself with the development of our nature. We dimly see within our intellectual nature a miniature as it were of our entire self, yet deprived of all that we condemn or despise, the ideal prototype of everything excellent or lovely that we are capable of conceiving as belonging to the nature of man. Not only the portrait of our external being, but an assemblage of the minutest particles of which our nature is composed. Footnote, these words are ineffectual and metaphorical. Most words are so no help. A mirror whose surface reflects only the forms of purity and brightness, a soul within our soul that describes a circle around its proper paradise, which pain and sorrow and evil do not overleap. To these we eagerly refer all sensations, first thing that they should resemble or correspond with it. The discovery of its antitype, the meeting with an understanding capable of clearly estimating our own, an imagination which should enter into and seize upon the subtle and delicate peculiarities which we have delighted to cherish and unfold in secret, with a frame whose nerves, like the chords of two exquisite lyres, strung to the accompaniment of one delightful voice, vibrate with the vibration of our own, and of a combination of all these in such proportion as the type within demands, this is the invincible and unattainable point to which love tends, and to attain which, it urges forth the powers of man to arrest the faintest shadow of that 
without the possession of which there is no rest nor respect to the heart over which he rules hence in solitude or in the deserted state when we are surrounded by human beings and yet they sympathize not with us we love the flowers the grass and the waters and the sky in the motion of the very leaves of spring in the blue air there is then found a secret correspondence of our hearts there is eloquence in the tongueless wind and a melody in the flowing brooks and the rustling of the reeds beside them which by their inconceivable relation to something within the soul awaken the spirits to a dance of breathless rapture and bring tears of mysterious tenderness to the eyes like the enthusiasm of patriotic success or the voice of one beloved singing to you alone stone says that if he were in a desert he would love some cypress so soon as this want of power is dead man becomes a living sepulchre of himself and what yet survives is a mere husk of what once he was end of unlove by percy b shelley read by britannia